Turn it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Blue Wire Hustle. I am your host, Najee Adams, and if I sound a little weird today, uh, and not even when it comes to mic quality, but just like my voice, period, uh, I bit the, you know when you like bite the inside of your of your mouth, like I bit my the inside of my left cheek, and damn that shit hurts. So if I talk a little different, that is why. But uh, you know we're gonna push through. We're gonna push through and get this episode out to y'all. Um, today I'm very excited to talk about, for the most part, my all star. I don't even want to say predictions, but this is the all-star team that I would put together if I was the sole person in charge of putting together the all-star team for the East and the West. Um, and then I'm going to talk about the whole Draymond Green versus the media with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and how teams aren't held accountable for doing the same grimy stuff that players do. And uh, yeah, then I'm, I want to give you guys, I'm going to start doing this on every episode um, it's going to be a song of the day. Now, I, song of the day, song of the episode, y- you know what I'm trying to say. Um, now I don't really know if I'm allowed to play music, but I mean, I, I, what I, I tried to look it up and there wasn't really any like evidence saying that I couldn't. There also wasn't anything saying that I could, but you know, <laughs> we're just going to go and do it and ask for forgiveness instead of permission. So uh, today, uh, the song of the day is basically, or song of the episode, I don't even know what I'm going to call it, but let's just go with song of the episode. Um, it's going to be one song every episode, basically, uh, whether it's rap, hip hop, pop, like slow jams, <laughs> whatever. Uh, this episode, I'm going to do two though. Just to, you know, start it off. And so I'm really excited for that. And then lastly, we're going to end it off with the WandaVision episode 6 recap slash review slash episode 7 preview. Um, And yeah, so uh, before we get into all that, make sure you subscribe to the Run It Up podcast on Apple Podcasts and download the podcast on Spotify. Share it with your friends, your family. Um, Please go leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, that is all that I want for my birthday, for Christmas, for Valentine's Day, uh, every holiday that you can possibly think of. All I want you guys to do is just leave a rating and review on uh, on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, because it really helps the pod a lot. And uh, we've been stuck at 26 ratings for a while now, so let's get that number up there to 30, please. Uh, <laughs> and all jokes aside, I really appreciate it if you guys could leave a review. If not, I understand. But uh, if you got any time in your day, just uh, leave me a little rating and review. Um, share it with your friends and family. You can follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Run It Up Pod. Okay, so now let's get into my All Star. So I don't even want to say predictions, like I said, because predictions would be me saying that I'm the people I'm saying are the people that I think are going to make it. And you might think to yourself, well, why would you say someone you think isn't going to make it? Just because I know the way that the coaches thing and the way that the media works and at least for 
one guy in particular that I'm thinking of right now on my list. I know he's probably not going to make it, but this is my list. If I was the coaches, if I was the person solely responsible for putting together the all-star teams in the East and the West, these are the teams that I would come out with. Okay, because before we get into things, the way that the all-star team is set up is there's uh, five starters, obviously, two backcourt players, three frontcourt players, and then the reserves, two guard reserves, three frontcourt reserves, and then two wild cards. So it ends up being about 12 players on the roster for the East and the West. The starters are picked based on how many, like, fan votes, like the top five, the two top guards in each conference with the most fan votes, and the three top uh, frontcourt players with the most fan votes are the starters, and then the coaches from around the league pick on the rest of the reserves. And then the two wild cards, same thing. So, we'll start with the East, just because I feel like it's the most controversial. Um, I'm going to do uh, my starters, and then backcourt reserves, frontcourt reserves, wild cards, and then talk about a few snubs. Okay, now, my front court, not even front court, my back court starters for the East are Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal. Now, I don't really think that this one is really up for discussion. Um, I've seen people put Jalen Brown over Kyrie just because Jalen Brown has, Kyrie's missed a few games. He's sat out because of like his uh, his personal issues, but overall, all in all, and Kyrie's just He's he's he ha- he already has the most votes, like second most votes in the backcourt guards for the East, so he's probably gonna make it anyway. And I would just say that Kyrie's a better player than uh, than Jalen Brown, and is having a better season than Jalen Brown. He's having a career year. He's averaging twenty eight point three, five point seven assists, and four point six rebounds. He's having a fifty forty ninety season, shooting fifty three percent from the field, which is a career high. Forty four point two percent from three, career high. Ninety one point eight percent from the line. Like fifty forty ninety seasons don't just come. So shout out to Kyrie. He's my one of my backcourt starters for the East. Um, and then Bradley Beal, I don't know, if you did not vote for Bradley Beal to be a starter, you have no heart. My man was averaging 30 last year and still didn't make the All-Star game, which is absolutely asinine. And so now I feel like everyone's trying to get him back in there. I'm one of those people. Bradley Beal, he got snubbed last year, and uh, he now leads the league in scoring with 32.8 points and uh, leads the league in usage with 36.6. So, you know, that's my backcourt starters. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, basically went chalk for that one uh i'm kind of chalking the uh the the, the front court starters too uh, i got kd Giannis, and joel Embiid. i feel like those go without saying uh kd is the second best player if not the best player on the planet and uh coming back from a ruptured achilles my man it looks just as good if not better than he did before um he he's a monster Giannis. Although the Bucks aren't doing as well, Giannis is 25 years old. He's still having a dominant season. And had it not been for uh, MVP fatigue, he'd probably still be in. He is in the MVP conversation, but he'd probably be one of the leaders had it not been for him winning it the past few years. And then Joel Embiid, uh, another MVP candidate, uh, really has not even broken out. He's been just extremely good for the Sixers this year. Um, he's managed to stay for the most part healthy you know, which was always everyone's biggest gripe with him, but uh, like I said, he's been healthy, the Sixers are the one seed in the East at uh, 18 and 10, they are currently on a three-game losing streak, but you know, they'll bounce back, even with the three-game losing streak, they're still 
the one seed in the East. So, you know, that goes to, that just goes to show how big of a gap they had when they started losing games. And uh, that's in large part thanks to Joel Embiid. And now this is where things get fun. My reserve guards or reserve backcourt players for the East. I've got Jalen Brown. I'm not going to snub him. He deserves to be an all-star 100%. Uh, he's another guy that's having a career year. He's averaging 26 points, five, uh, basically five and a half rebounds, shooting 51.4% from the field, 41.5% from three, and he's stepped up huge in the absence of Jason Tatum um, and really proved that he couldn't be a franchise player all on his own, with or without Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown uh, basically told the league and made his stamp on the league that he's here to stay um so yeah Jalen Brown is my uh reserve guard number one my reserve guard number two is James Harden the fact that he's not starting in an all-star game kind of feels weird but to give the Nets three starters when they're not even the one seed in the east kind of doesn't feel right uh James Harden right now is still a monster. He leads the league in assists with 11.3 points. He's the only player averaging double digits in assists. And he leads the league in minutes played with 37.6. He's damn near averaging a triple-double, 24.5, 11.3 assists, and 7.4 rebounds. And uh, keep in mind, in the beginning of the season, he was slumming it, barely trying, and the man is still having... This season from Harden would be so many good players' best seasons. So, you know, he's still going to make it for me. And uh, I feel like still that that's kind of chalk, like not really any any surprises there. The reserve forwards is where things get a little spicy. Um, but I'll start with the chalkiest of them all, Mr. Jason Tatum. He's definitely going to make it. Uh, he had some – he spent some time away with COVID and just because of league protocols. But he's back, still a monster by far not even by far but definitely the Celtics best player and uh one of the NBA's best young stars definitely top five in that category and he's just nice simple as that and self-explanatory Jason Tatum's an all-star simple as that now <laughs> this is where I feel like a lot of people are gonna jump off the, the train with me like if my train is heading for the station you're jumping onto the tracks right now as I say this my second reserve forward is DeMontis Sabonis and the third is Bam Adebayo. Now, that noticeably leaves Chris Middleton out of the All-Star game. But I have my reasons as to why. Now, why did I pick DeMontis Sabonis over Chris Middleton? A lot of people are probably thinking that. I mean, I just feel like DeMontis is severely underrated. And not only that, but I also feel like why are we giving the Bucks? two all-star players when they're not even that good this year you know like right now if you're looking at the NBA standings the Bucks are 16 and 12 and the Pacers are 14 and 14 the Pacers are two games behind the Bucks right now and yet we're gonna say DeMontis Sabonis and we're not gonna put any Pacers in the all-star game and we're gonna give it to Chris Middleton now obviously Chris Middleton is very 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 good I'm not saying that he's not at all Chris Middleton, if if I could, if someone gets injured on this list, Chris Middleton is the next guy in. But when you look at their stats this year, DeMontis Sabonis is averaging more points. He's obviously averaging more rebounds. He's only averaging .2 less assists, .1 less steal uh, on the significantly worse team than the Bucks. Uh, he's shooting a higher percentage from the field. He obviously shoots a lower percentage from three because Chris Middleton is just just a shooter, a knockdown guy. And then um, they're playing damn near the same amount of minutes. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to Mister uh, Mister Demontis Sabonis. Like simple as that. 
Um, and I know that's going to cause a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uproar, but he's my, I just feel like DeMontis Sabonis is always vastly underrated and, uh, my son deserves to make the all-star game. Simple as that. He deserves to make it. Um, so, and then bam, I feel like that goes without, without saying, uh, he's added the mini to his game. He's taking long twos. Uh, which obviously isn't the most efficient NBA shot, but if he's taking long twos, that means one more step back and the three-pointer is coming, and once he adds that to his game, he's going to be damn near unstoppable. He's hitting middies at a higher clip than Anthony Davis is this season, um, He and in a shorter offseason, the strides that he's made have been extremely noticeable, which, is, which goes to show his work ethic, and uh, yeah, he's obviously a monster on the defensive end, and he can defend literally one through five. You can put him out there on the perimeter against guards. He has the speed to cover most of them, and then he can definitely cover bigs, uh, whether in the post or on the block, and, uh, yeah, Bam Adebayo is, uh, he's an all-star for me in my book, uh, my two wild cards, uh, Zach Levine and Julius Randle, now, Julius Randle and Nick finally makes it, this is not even being biased because Julius Randle was a Laker, and I rock with Julius Randle, um, he is more accurate on mid-range jumpers this year, Julius Randle, that is, than Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, and Luka Doncic, just to name a few, like, Dame, we don't really know him too much for, for middies. He, we know Dame because he likes to shoot from damn near half court. So there's that. Um, but still, he's you, you think of him in your mind as an efficient shooter, and he is. But let's call a spade a spade. And the fact that Julius Randle shooting a better percentage from mid than him is pretty wild. Now, Kawhi is a guy that we know for shooting middies. Like, he likes to get to his spot, you know, do a little crossover off the screen and roll, trap the guy behind him, get to his spot, right, kind of on the left or right, right side of the basket, you know, and, and, and shoot the midi. And Kawhi is extremely efficient. But, you know, like I just said, Julius Randle, more efficient than him. Uh, he's attempting the fourth most uh, middies in the league and he's hitting them at a very high clip he's putting up 22 and 11 and has a higher assist rate than every big not named Nikola Jokic and Draymond Green oh and not to mention Julius Randle shooting 40 percent from three <laughs> like the man is is just really good this year and he's a crucial part in probably the best defense in the NBA right now for the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau so to not have Julius Randle in your in your all-star game, I think you're making a big mistake, regardless of whether or not he's a Nick. The man has been balling this season, and uh, he's one of my wild cards. And then Zach Levine. Now, people always like to shit on Zach Levine because, oh, he doesn't play any defense, and the Bulls suck. And But that's not even the – I think that he would play defense for a team that, that he wanted to be on. Like, nobody wants to be on the Bulls. Um, and, and even with that, this season, they're not even that bad. Like, but I'll get into that in a minute. But just Zach Levine as a as a player, his true shooting percentage this year is higher than Trey Young, Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Gordon Hayward, Nikola Jokic, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Chris Middleton right now. All of those guys are damn near MVP candidates, all-star candidates, and Zach Levine has a higher true shooting percentage in all of them. And I'm not the guy to get into advanced stats and analytics and all that, but that's impressive. Se uh, another thing, Steph Curry was the only player in NBA history to ever use 30% of his team's possessions and have a 65% true shooting percentage for a full season. Zach Levine and Joel Embiid, along with Steph Curry again this season, are the only three players doing that. And if Zach Levine continues, it would just be him and Steph Curry as the only players of all time to do that. Like, 
he's having damn near historic season, especially on the Bulls, who, like I just said, aren't that bad. They're currently right now the ninth seed in the East. They have a 11 and 15 record, and they're literally one game back of the eighth seed uh, with the Hornets. So I'm giving it to Zach Levine. He's my wild card. What? else does the man have to do to make an all-star game he reminds me kind of like Bradley Beal you know and I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and say it if we're gonna make Trey Young a starter last year for being on one of the worst teams in the NBA we gotta make Zach Levine a wild card reserve this year like we you gotta match to the energy and so then let me get to my Eastern Conference stubs um Trey Young Trey Young uh he just isn't, like, the guards in the East are extremely good. He's not better than Kyrie or Harden or Jalen Brown or Bradley Beal. And so the only spot for him would be in one of the wild cards. And I can't put him in over Julius Randle. And at the end of the day, Zach Levine's Bulls have a better record than his Hawks. So there's not really much base for Trey Young. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he, he would obviously be in here, uh, but... He just hasn't played in enough games. Uh, Chris Middleton, I already mentioned him. If I had to take someone out, uh, it, I'm, I'm, it's a toss-up for me between DeMontis Sabonis and Chris Middleton. You can intertwine them. But um, And then last word, guys like uh, last word. <laughs> I, I said last word. I meant lastly when I was trying to say Gordon Hayward. Uh, guys like Gordon Hayward, Ben Simmons, Jeremy Grant are guys that uh, are snubs. But I just don't really see a place that someone I could take out and slot those guys in. Like uh, Julius Randle and DeMontis Sabonis are the only guys, and I guess Zach Levine. And I'm not putting Gordon Hayward, Ben Simmons, or Jeremy Grant over any of them. So at the end of the day, that's my Easter Conference All-Star team. Just to run it back for you, the starters are Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and my reserves are Jalen Brown, James Harden, Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, Bam Adebayo, Zach Levine, and Julius Randle. And, uh... Yeah, like I said, you can interchange DeMontis Sabonis and uh, Chris Middleton. But other than that, I feel like I have a pretty nice all-star team that you can't really debate with. So if you do and you debate with one of my picks, tweet at me at Adams underscore and let's talk about it on Twitter. Get some engagement going. And, uh, yeah, let's see if uh, – let me just prove you uh, wrong, basically. Um, <laughs> for the West, which I feel like was low-key harder than picking the East, which is weird. I have my front court. I keep saying front court. My back court starters are Damian Lillard and Stephen Curry. Uh, the Blazers are the fourth in the West without CJ and Nurkic being healthy, and Dame has yet again been absolutely lights out. So he deserves a spot over Luka, in my opinion. And then uh, I don't really think I need to say anything as to why Steph Curry's an all-star starter. The man is absolutely insane. The Warriors are the eighth seed, and he has literally no help. Um, he's putting on a show every single night. He's attempting a career high 11 and a half threes per game and still shooting 43.6% from deep. That's absolutely insane. And uh, like I said, I don't need to make a case for why Steph Curry should be an all-star. Everybody already knows he should be. Uh, as for the front court, I've got LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, three more guys that kind of go without saying. Kawhi's probably the best 3 and D player in the league, top five guy, LeBron's the best player in the league, and uh, Nikola Jokic uh, is probably the front runner for MVP right now, if I had to be honest, it's between him and LeBron for me, so um, that, that, that goes, it goes without saying, you know, uh, the backcourt reserves, I have Luka Doncic and Donovan Mitchell, now, 
Luca, him and Dame were kind of interchangeable for me at the starter, but I went with Dame just because, like I said, the the Trailblazers have a better record. And uh, Luca, but Luca doesn't lead the NBA in assist rate and scores the most points on drives in the entire NBA. The man is still a monster. He's 21 years old, and he will most undoubtedly have many all-star starters to come in the future as well as probably a couple mvps he was my mvp pick before the season and he was a lot of people's as well but he just didn't put it together as well as we thought this year but he's still like i said a demon so my man will be back he's still gonna make the reserve pretty easily over any of the other options and uh yeah luka Doncic, and then donovan mitchell uh it's as simple as this for me Usually, the best player on the NBA's best team makes the All-Star game, whether he's a starter or a reserve. Uh, and right now, Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the team with the best record in the league by a pretty large margin. Uh, and the Jazz are the number one seed in the West. They're like 25-6 and six or something like that. They're 23-5, and five, and uh, they have a... 82.1 winning percentage, which is much higher than anyone in the league right now. And uh, Donovan Mitchell is absolutely doing, and he's having an incredible season. The Jazz are on like a five or eight game win streak, and they haven't lost a game since January 6th. It is now February 16th. So, I mean, if Donovan Mitchell isn't in your all-star team, then I don't know what you're doing. Uh, when it comes to the front court reserves, I've got AD, Anthony Davis. Now, <sighs> let me take a we take a quick sigh. Um, he's obviously having a down year. Simple as that. Uh, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Not to mention his Achilles is acting up. He's shooting a career low 33% of his shots at the rim. Uh, he He's not shooting 33% on his shots at the rim. 33% of his shots are coming at the rim, which is a career low for him. His free throw rate is the lowest since his rookie year, and his usage rate is the lowest in seven years. But even with all that, he's still one of the NBA's best 10 players. It's as simple as that. The man proved himself last year in the bubble that he can be, when he really wants to be, literally the best player on the planet. So, Anthony Davis, uh, he makes the all-star game for me, but he's dealing with a calf strain slash tendonitis and his Achilles tendon, so he might not play. If he doesn't play, um, he's probably going to be voted in by the coaches as a front court reserve, but if they vote him at, in as a wild card, that changes things up. Um, if he doesn't, if he gets voted in as a front court reserve, then I have Brandon Ingram as his replacement. Um, and if he gets voted in as a wild card, then I have Devin Booker as his replacement. But if not, that would mean Brandon Ingram and Devin Booker both of them make the all-star game. And, uh, that kind of tells you where I'm headed with this one. Uh, my next front court reserve is Rudy Gobert. Um, it's pretty simple. He's averaging. He's the second best player on the best team in the NBA. And usually the best team in the NBA gets more than one all-star. Rudy Gobert has been really good. He's averaging uh, the lowest amount of minutes in the, la like the last five years that he's been playing. He's blocking the most shots in his entire career. Uh, defensive player of the year candidate every single season. Uh, he consistently, the Jazz outscore opponents by like 223 more points when he's on the court. And uh, yeah, he's just defensive monster and uh, he deserves to be in the all-star game and uh then my last front court reserve is paul george uh, i feel like paul george as much as i give him hate as much as a lot of people give him hate he's been extremely nice this season he said he's back with his mvp trainer on the all the smoke podcast and he's coming for blood he's proving a lot of people wrong man's averaging 50 40 and 90 still one of the best perimeter defenders in the nba his jump shot is silky smooth and uh the clippers are like the third best team in the in the west right now so 
yeah, he, he that that's that's the case for Paul George. I feel like it's a it's a no brainer to put him in there. And then that leaves my wild cards, which I feel like is a toss up really. For both conferences, wild cards a toss up, but I guess that's why they're called uh, wild cards. My wild cards are Zion Williamson and De'Aaron Fox. Now, Zion and Brandon Ingram are basically damn near having identical seasons. And so, and I feel like when coaches vote them in, they're going to vote for Zion. Um, Also, I feel like when coaches are game planning for the Pelicans, I feel like Zion's the number one priority. I also feel like Zion would be more fun to see play in an all-star game environment with lobs and free dunks and stuff. You know what you're getting out of Ingram, some middies, some three-pointers, you know, a tall, lanky blocks, but put Zion in that all-star game, let him catch a lob from broad, banging it down, like, that would be lit to see, so I have Zion as my wild card, and then De'Aaron Fox, uh, the Kings are absolute trash, and that man is doing the absolute best that he can, he has one of the best floaters in the league, he's, uh, he's shooting really well from three, his assist rate is higher than Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, and DeMar DeRozan, um, and he's shooting 70% at the rim as a 6'3 guy, which, and who literally just shoots a lot of floaters, but regardless, 70% at the rims at 6'3 is pretty, pretty wild, and, uh, yeah, the, the man is just being really, really efficient this year, he's playing really well, and, uh, outside of the Kings selling him on a nightly basis, he, he deserves to make an all-star game, in my opinion, and, uh, yeah, that's my all-star teams, uh, the snubs for the West, and I feel like the snubs on the East were way more, like, snubbable, if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel bad not including any of these guys from the West. Guys like uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, Brandon Ingram. But like I said, Brandon Ingram and Devin Booker could make it if Anthony Davis uh, is out due to injury. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, Shai Gildas-Alexander, Christian Wood, Mike Conley, CJ McCollum, guys like that. I don't feel that bad not including them in the All-Star game, to be honest. So at the end... Uh, my Western Conference All-Star team is starters, Dame, Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, Nikola Jokic, reserves, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Zion Williamson, and De'Aaron Fox. Boom. Let me know what you guys' All-Star picks are. Tweet at me, uh, send me in the DMs, or just straight up tweet at me, or tweet at Run It Up Pod, regardless. I want to get some community going with y'all on Twitter, and just kind of start talking to you guys and hearing your opinions, and, uh, yeah, that's my all-star teams. Um, before I get into the Draymond versus the media thing, I want to introduce the songs of the uh, songs of the episode. So this episode, like I said, I don't even really know if I can play music, but we're gonna play it anyway, Yeti. And I'm not even gonna play all of it, just like a couple seconds. Um, I'm gonna give you two different moods. So the first one is gonna be it's a it's a song I first heard off TikTok, and uh, it's pretty fire. It's by a guy named Kill Bunk, who I had honest to god and never heard of in my entire life but i heard it on a tiktok and i was like oh shit what is that let me go listen to that and uh ended up being fire so this is a song for if you want to jam if you chilling if you want to listen to some head nod shit and just getting the vibe uh it's called chanel bag and like i said it's by kill bunk let me just give you a quick snippet uh-huh uh-huh I love songs that, that start off with, like, the, the drowned out vocals, because it gets you hyped for the beat drop, like, you be getting lit, listening to the, the na 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 but yeah, uh, let me just run it back for y'all, here we go, this for all the ladies, this for all the ladies in the club right now, um, grab your man, I know you want that Chanel bag, man, if you got the bread, then buy it for her, if not, then get your bread up, you dig, let's get it, three, two, one, let's go, 
she like living in fact. Whoa, whoa. Alright, let me stop. Let me stop. Before I get in trouble, but nah, if you guys like that song, if you rock with it, that was just a quick little snippet. Uh it was called Chanel Bag by Killbunk. And now let me give you another song. We're going to slow things down a little. This is a song for you and your girl, you and your mans, you you and your partner. If you're just chilling, vibing out, maybe if you're in your bag. Like, this is one of those songs, those chill, chill, vibey songs. You feel me? When you hear the guitar strumming, you already know the vibes. When you hear the guitar strumming, you already know the vibes. I didn't even say the name of the song, so let me run it back. The name of the song is Overrated by Blast. I think that's how you pronounce it. I had never heard of this man before. But uh, the way you spell it is B-L-X-S-T. And I'm guessing he pronounces it as Blast. So let's run it back for y'all. For all the ladies in the club tonight. Nah, this for all the men in the club tonight. Grab your girl next to you. And let them know what it is. Let them know you love them. Hey, you know we good. Just want your loyalty to the lovers, overrated. I know you Alright, boom. So yeah, a little appearance from DJ Nas right there on my fuck master flex shit. But uh <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed those two songs. But we back for more because I listen to a ton of music. And uh I'm gonna keep doing this until someone tells me I can't play music on the pod. So uh like I said, those two songs. The first one was Chanel Bag by Killbunk, and the second one was uh overrated by blast you spell that b-l-x-s-t and so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that i wanted to start giving you guys like a view into the music i listen to on a daily basis because i run it up when it comes to music um and so yeah let's get into the the draymond versus the media thing if you guys didn't hear what draymond had to say i'm gonna play a quick snippet for you just so you kind of get the gist of it and then kind of go into my thoughts so uh, here's a quick quick little snippet of what draymond had to say to watch andre drummond before the game, uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bullshit. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, Oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room. And he's the issue. And so, yeah, that wasn't the whole clip. That wasn't all Draymond had to say. I think the entire clip is like damn near three minutes. But if, so if you guys want to listen to the entire thing, you haven't heard it, just go on Twitter and type up, type in Draymond Green and you'll find it pretty fairly easily. Um, but yeah, the basis of what he was saying is that, you know, teams are not held accountable for wanting to trade players and the, the way that players are when they request a trade from teams. Now, the example he used, uh, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, both the Cavs and the Pistons have come out and said that they're not going to be playing Andre and Blake because uh, they're looking for trade partners. Now, Blake Griffin is well within his 30s, so, you know, it's it's a little different. But with Andre Drummond, the man's 27 years old. He is about to enter, if not already in the prime of his career. And to sit him kind of feels, it, it doesn't kind of feel, it feels unfair, you know. And the thing is, uh, the trade deadline is 
March 25th. It is currently, what, February 16th? That is about a month and a half away. And teams, a lot of teams don't even know what their schedules are going to be like on the back end of the season. So who knows how, and with the new protocols and everything for COVID, who knows how long Andre Drummond is sitting out. Like, that has a mental effect, like, that has an effect on your mental health when you're just sitting there, sitting on the bench, you know, and expect it to stay in shape, stay doing the right thing. Like Draymond said, act professional and just sit on the bench and watch your team, especially a team like the Cavs, who on the regular go out there and get creamed with or without Andre Drummond, sit there and watch your team just get their ass kicked and you not be able to do anything about it. Like, as an NBA player, that takes an effect on your mental health. Um... And I've seen people, like, associate it to, you know, Draymond, I mean, Drummond's value isn't what it used to be. Like, that's not what it's about. It could be, uh, whether whether it's LeBron or it's Smush Parker or, <laughs> or a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson, it doesn't matter. It's the fact, of, it's the principle of the matter in that teams are allowed to do damn near whatever the hell they want to players and not get fined, not get any repercussions from the NBA, but the second a player demands some sort of respect or some sort of equality, not even equality, equity in the matter, it's, it's it, it, they get fined, they become a locker room cancer, their reputation gets tarnished. That is not fair, and I'm 100% with Draymond. Um, and it's not, and I've seen people on Twitter being like, oh, he's unappreciative, he makes $10 million a year, or whatever he makes a year. It's a beastie contract, and I've seen guys be like, yeah, I'll switch with you, you come work my 9 to 5 job, and I'll work in the NBA, and I'll be like, that's not what it's about. One, Andre Drummond isn't unappreciative, like, and don't try and act like, oh, let's switch jobs, because Andre Drummond worked, I'm sure he worked damn hard to get to where he is today, one of the best rebounders, rebounding bigs in the NBA, great shot blocker, still only 27 years old, like, yes, he was obviously just straight gifted from the jump with height, but he's not just a, like, he's a skillful player, I'm sh not every seven-footer is in the NBA, there's only a handful of guys that are, or that are NBA players, and that are able to stay in the NBA and be long-time assets to teams the way that Andre Drummond has, and so to be like, oh, you know, you're unappreciative, let's switch jobs, no, let's not switch jobs, because you didn't do what Andre Drummond had to do to get to where he is today, you didn't work out nine hours, ten hours a day, skip prom, skip, uh, like, things like that, and just be, and just devote your life to the game of basketball in the way that Andre Drummond has, like, you just didn't, so you can't ask, so let's switch lives, because that's just not fair, like, he deserves that respect, because he's put in the work to get there, and, um, yeah, let's talk about the James Harden situation, like, James Harden, he requested the trade, and he did not play, because the team that he had been on for a very long time was not able to put a championship contender around him, and yes, Harden sold himself some of the time, but for a lot of the time, Harden was carrying that team. One of the literally one of the best offensive players in NBA history, walking offensive efficiency. Like you know, a man himself can give you the best offense in the NBA. Like that's crazy. And so uh, James Harden didn't want to go. Didn't want to stay on the Rockets. He still played for the most part. He slummed it. Yes, he did, but he still played. God forbid he would have gotten injured. You know, he would have got fined by the NBA had he not been played, so he played. But, you know, teams are allowed to say, you know what, we're not going to play you, and we're just, just going to rot on the bench uh, while we try and look for a trade partner. But God forbid James Harden was to say, yo, I'm not playing until you guys trade me. He gets killed. What's the difference? I truly don't understand. 
like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis publicly requested a trade. He was fined 50K for saying that he didn't want to be on the trash-ass Pelicans anymore. And, but no, teams like the Cavs and the Pistons can come out and say, yeah, I'm tr- we, we trying to trade this man. He's open for deals. We want to get him the fuck up out of here and not us dime is fine to the organization, which is crazy. And the thing is, Draymond will probably get fined for his comments but does that not prove his point even more? Um, we literally make a spectacle out of trade deadline season and teams coming out and saying that they want this guy, want to get this guy out of there, leaking things to the media about players. And not, and that's okay. We praise that. We love to follow Shams and Woj because they tweet out all the trade rumors and everything. And we love that stuff. But the moment an NBA player says, yo, I'm trying to get up out of here, he's unappreciative. He's not grateful. He doesn't deserve to be in the NBA. Switch bots with me. Bro, shut your little dumb ass up. He, de- he deserves to be where he wants to be. It's as simple as that. If Andre Drummond want to play, and the, it's, it's fine for the Cavs to say, we want to trade you. But it's not okay for you to just sit him until he does it, like, and just let him rot there on the bench. Um, And even for guys like, a guy like, you look back at DeMar DeRozan, Masai Ujiri, who's widely regarded as one of the best uh, G, uh, GMs in the NBA, flat out told that man, DeMar DeRozan, yo, we're not trading you. That man, DeMar DeRozan, gave his blood, sweat, and tears. The first eight years of his career, he dedicated solely to being a Toronto Raptor. Got that, got them to playoffs, wasn't able to get them to the chip, wasn't able to get them to the, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, blah, blah, blah. But he gave everything he had to that team. And Masai Ujiri told him, yo, yeah, you're good, bro. You're good. Next thing you know, got him the fuck up out of here for Kawhi Leonard without even giving him any notice. Guys like DeMar- uh, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that they got traded in an interview, like not even giving, having the common decency to tell, to look a player in their eyes and tell them, yo, we're trying to get you up out of here, bro. We're trying to trade you. So don't be surprised if you hear something in the media next week. No, they just ship them off and nobody says anything about it. Like, it's just crazy. So, yeah, and I get the NBA is a business and teams need to do what's best for teams just like players need to do what's best for players. But the same way that the players are bashed for, like, you got to keep the same energy. Either stop bashing the players for wanting to assert their freedom and st- and keep not bashing the teams or bash the teams the same way you do the players. You can't have two different energies because it just doesn't work like that. So yeah, like I said, I'm in I'm in agreements with Draymond. I'm in agreements with LeBron and all the other NBA players, uh, NBA players that came out and said that uh, Draymond was right because it's 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 BS. Like Draymond said, I've already cursed like nine times on the podcast, but look at me over here saying BS. So yeah, it's BS, and I don't think that uh that that Draymond's wrong in that. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of going to do it for the NBA talk. Now let me get into uh, to WandaVision. I don't even know how to describe the show at this point anymore. It's a Disney Plus series based on the MCU uh, about Wanda Maximoff and Vision and uh, their twisted, messed up life in we don't even know where, honestly. Westview, New Jersey, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched any MCU movies or any Marvel movies, you can still get into it. It's really good. It's a, it's a nice little sci-fi mystery uh, series if you want. Like I said last episode, my girlfriend Christy has barely watched any MCU movies, and she's hooked now just because of, like, the mystery of it. Like, everyone wants to know what's actually happening. So if you've never watched WandaVision, go check it out. 
And if you have, if you do watch the MCU and you haven't watched WandaVision, maybe you're just waiting to binge it. But I would highly suggest you don't binge it because a part of the, the, the experience of being a part of the whole MCU fan bases and community is looking up the theory videos and being involved in people's Twitter conversations about what might happen. And you kind of lose that experience if you just binge the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, episode six, it was the long-awaited Halloween episode. Um... I feel like we didn't really find out that much, like, um, so just to do a quick little recap, uh, the biggest part of the show, I guess, was that Vision is not able to survive outside of the Hex, which we kind of all figured, and the Mind Stone wasn't even really, like, his body just started disintegrating right as he came out of the, uh, right as he came out of the Hex, but look at how, um, what is that man's name? uh hayward tyler hayward the the agent of sword the director of sword um he's like oh he really does want to get out he the entire episode really gives you hints that he doesn't give a damn about what wand is doing he just wants vision back because they were conducting experiments on that man and making weapons out of his body i swear to you that is what tyler hayward was doing the entire time and that's why he has he's tracking the decay signature of vibranium trying to find where vision is so he can go in and get vision um, that's why he's so excited that he wants to get out and all of that. And if you look, when Darcy was looking up the, uh, like the files, Hayward's top secret file was called cataract. Now, what do cataracts do? They disrupt and hinder your vision. Is that a coincidence? I think not. Why would this man just have a random file on his, on his computer named cataract? Like, that's not what it is. He's obviously trying to get something out of vision, and that's why Wanda does not fuck with him, 100%. And, um, so then, uh, Wanda expands the hex. We get to see Tommy and Billy, aka Wiccan and Speed in the comics, get their powers. Um, Wiccan is basically, he basically has, or Billy basically has Wanda's powers, but his, uh, like, they make his special effects blue. Like, he has telekinesis, and he can control things and control reality. Uh, Speed basically, or Tommy, basically has, uh, Quicksilver's powers, run super fast. And, uh, yeah, we get to see those powers on display as the kids kind of take a more of a front seat in the series itself and we kind of get to know them more this makes at first i was kind of hesitant in saying that the kids were going to make it out of this series alive which is super dark but now that we're going to get super invested in them i think that they are going to make it out of the series i don't know if they're going to make it out of the series with wanda i think by the end of the series they might get taken or we might figure out that they're not real and wanda might have to spend multiverse of madness with dr strange getting them back but uh that's for that uh vision goes up he sees that outside of basically Times square wherever like the middle of the hex there's not much life going around because it's basically wanda's powers are being stretched thin the further away you get from wanda the less activity there is because she it's super hard to probably control those guys lives a hundred percent of the time and so uh there's that uh vision he sees that lady crying he goes to touch agnes and i feel like this whole scene with agnes was a hundred percent a a facade from her uh she's uh, she's not good if it's i'm a hundred percent sure that she is agatha harkness a witch from the comics um there's too many hints for her not to be the brooch she wears who was ralph she was literally dressed up as a witch for halloween when vision was dressed as vision and wanda was dressed as scarlet witch like everyone's dressed as what they are she's dressed as a witch it, it they're they're literally telling us right now and uh she has she was the only person that was that far out that was able to move i wonder why because she was faking it she wanted vision to have some sort of doubt to try and leave the hex 
I don't know why, but, you know, she sees that she's onto it, that, that vision's onto what's happening, so she's trying to get him up out of here as soon as possible, and, uh, yeah, Agnes starts, like, laughing diabolically and saying all is lost, and dad, 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 it's clear that vision doesn't know. He doesn't remember anything about what his life was like before he was uh, before he came to Westview. He doesn't remember dying twice to Thanos and Wanda. Doesn't remember any of the the events before or after Avengers: Age of Ultron. He remembers none of that. So uh, we basically got a clean slate vision right here, which I guess is what Wanda wanted, uh, free of the pain, free of the trauma, but also free of him basically telling her that what happened is wrong. Um, and I don't think that Quicksilver is Quicksilver. I don't think Pietro is Pietro from the Fox movies, the X-Men movies. I just don't. The way that he acts, the way that he doesn't really have many memories. Like, I, I just, I don't, I think that I don't exactly know what who he is. Maybe he's Mephisto. Maybe he's not. I just don't think that he is the, the Evan Peters, the Peter from the X-Men series that we thought. I just don't think that's him. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't get that vibe um what else what else what else uh let me see oh there was something that i meant to say on last episode but i just didn't and when i ended the podcast i was like damn i should have said that now wanda and pietro maybe just maybe hear me out here just maybe they had powers before the mind stone ever interacted with them now and maybe their pops is magneto and those two parents that they had weren't actually their real parents now hear me out here i know that's a far-stretched theory but they said that uh the, t the stark bomb blew up and killed their parents but it didn't blow up for wanda and pietro now it very well could be that their true father, Magneto, stopped it from blowing up. Or it could be that Wanda and Pietro had powers all along and they're the reason why it didn't blow up. And then interacting with the Mind Stone just advanced those powers and d helped them discover the powers. Um, so yeah, that's that theory. I don't know if that's going to be decided in this series. But if it is, just know that I said it first. Um, and then... Uh, monica darcy finds out that monica uh her her cells are being changed that's just setting up her becoming photon or spectrum i think we're gonna see her powers demonstrated very 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 soon uh darcy is now sucked into the hex i'm excited to see that uh she's played in the sitcom before with two broke girls so it's just gonna be basically back to normal for her she should be a natural in that situation and uh now monica and jimmy woo are going to meet their contact their aerospace engineer that's supposed to give monica what she needs to get into the hex and not be changed by wanda now who is this man it is revealed at first kind of people thought it was a man then people thought it was a woman because of the pronouns and now it's pretty much confirmed that it's a man now i was of the opinion still am that it is reed richards and wanda and paul bettany keep talking about oh there's this cameo and there's this actor that we always wanted to work with i can't believe it hasn't been leaked and so i think that next episode we're gonna see reed richards and i think that it's gonna be john krasinski aka most known for the director of the quiet place or jim from the office now i recently just very christy loves the office and i hated that shit but very recently i got into it that it's pretty hilarious to be honest and so now i fell in love with john krasinski even more and i would love to see him portray reed richards i'd love to see emily blunt be a uh, sue storm there was a tweet that went out that was like, yo, John Krasinski is the only actor that could come into the MCU without his character being announced and everyone know exactly who it is. The amount of fan art that has been made for John Krasinski as Reed, 
Reed Richards is absolutely insane. And, um, yeah, I would love for John Krasinski to uh, show a cameo in the next episode, especially since it's supposed to be like the Office slash Modern Family episode. What better episode to bring in John Krasinski than the Office-inspired episode? And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I think episode 7 is where shit's really going to hit the fan. Uh, a lot of there's only nine episodes which means the episode after this one will be the penultimate episode and a lot of the times the last three episodes the back half of seasons is when you find out the most and i feel like we got to get things in high gear here so i feel like next episode we're gonna find out that agnes is agatha harkness i feel like we might see the flashbacks from when wanda first started the hex and uh we might see monica demonstrate her powers as well and we might see john krasinski so next episode has the potential to be the best episode of wandavision that has come out to date and i am very 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 excited so make sure you tune in to the next episode of the run it up podcast if you want to hear what i think about that episode and uh yeah that's all for this episode i hope you guys enjoyed make sure you subscribe to the run it up podcast on apple Podcasts and download the pod on spotify you can follow me at Najee adams underscore you follow the pod at run it up pod leave a five star rating review on apple Podcasts, please 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 and uh like i said i hope you guys enjoyed listening and don't forget let's run it up Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up Podcast.